candy girl. <laughs> and you got me. <laughs> Sugar. Aw, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. <laughs> and you got me rocking you. Grant. And I'm Elena. And welcome to Sex Archie. And also History Honeys. Uh, yeah. It's both. Yeah, I got confused. I was like, wait, wait, which one are we doing? What? We're doing them both at the oh, same dang what? time. What? What? We mentioned on a recent episode of both of those shows mm-hmm. that between the 21st and 23rd of April yep. was the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, or C2E2. Yep. Which we attended. We did. And uh, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm really tired. My feet hurt. Uh, it's a tradition that we do a recap podcast to talk about the things we saw, the experiences we had, and uh, just share this bit of our lives with you. Why are you poking my noggin, I love? just realized you had your Jughead hat on. I do. I'm getting in I'm, the character. I'm jealous. <laughs> my hair is wet. I can't. <laughs> ruin my hat. Uh, if you listen to both of the shows that this episode is being thrown up on, they're going to be identical except for the intro and outro music. So, FYI. Yeah, you, there, there's no, like, hidden content. You no. You need to there, listen to the whole There's no thing. show-specific stuff. But there's plenty of stuff that uh, I think will be relevant to both History Honeys listeners and Sex Archie listeners separately. Yeah. 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 I think so. So that's the format. Now let's yeah. get to the content. Yeah, so... Friday. 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 Friday, it was just the two of us. Uh Uh-huh. It was. And you were? I was dressed as Mabel Pines from Gravity Falls. Mm -hmm. And I had my waddles. I was dressed as a normal person. Yep. I had no costume that day. Nope. So not a very normal person. I was at a comic book convention after all. It's kind of (laughs) normal. At least for us. It is these days, man. The world's changed. Yeah. People people don't, like, roll their eyes like they used to, like, six years ago when we started going. So, Friday, we had a really good time. We had a great time. We, uh, we, we had some panels we wanted to do earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. So, we briefly went onto the show floor. <laughs> yeah. With kind of the, like, it's exciting to, like... To, to be Go there with first. everyone when it first opens. It, there's not so much an opening ceremony, or at least none that we've been early enough to see. But it's it's our personal opening ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. So so we went over there for a little bit. Well, actually, so we, yeah, we went onto the show floor. The first thing I saw, actually, mm-hmm. first thing, was that booth with the knockoff DVDs, and they had a seven-episode disc of Star Hunter. Star Hunter being a... Canadian sci-fi TV show that had no budget and that I used to watch at like 3 a.m. Now, didn't they fire the entire cast after the first year and recast Everyone them? but two people. But they they, they replaced did them with the same characters, right, but with different actors? No, no. Okay. So they time-traveled. Oh. And then so in the first episode or the first season, the like this is this bounty hunter ship and the main guy on it, he's looking for his son who was stolen by these like this bad race of people. He t- the, then the second season they they time travel and the only people that are left are his niece who's like a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh and this like hologram person. And the son I ain't no hologram girl. The son is like 27 now (laughs) like and everyone else is like dead and gone okay yeah so they had seven episodes that's not even a full season there's seven episodes it sounds like they have perhaps too many episodes of this show (laughs) they only had two seasons (laughs) and then 
we saw the tradition of yeah. all C2E2s. Game Church. We saw Game Church. We saw Game Church. Uh, this year's banner was Jesus holding uh, a D20 and some cards. Does the banners change every year? I feel like he used to be holding a game controller. I now he's got he tabletop gear. I know I have pictures of him elsewhere, so we could check on that. Jesus is going back. He, he's getting even more retro, if that's possible, for a 2,000-year-old person. Yeah. Uh, we we also found the Gamma Labs like Ugh. energy juice. Ugh. It's like a popsicle, but bad. And if you're wondering how that's possible, don't investigate for yourself. Save yourselves, please. So bad, but like those pops. We were talking those popsicles that like come in tubes as a kid, mm-hmm. like that, but bad and with like fake sugar and <laughs> really really artificial flavoring. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, we got a lot done in a very short amount of time. We did. On the show floor. Because I also got the thing I was like the waiting all year for. You almost I was, bought these last yes, year. and I didn't. And I was dumb. <laughs> I but, love Sequest. And Sequest was? A television show from the 90s that was about a futuristic submarine and... Uh, it, like ocean exploration. It was like Star Trek The Next Generation, but underwater. Yeah. yeah. And I loved it. Now, didn't they also replace half the cast every season? Um, like a third was replaced into the second season. The third season was like, because that was also a time travel Also time thing. travel. But that was, the, the main replacement was the captain. The I'm, captain was a big replacement there. I'm beginning to see a through line in the things you like to watch as a child. <sighs> I have really bad luck in the things I like to watch. But it wasn't DVDs or anything you found. I found patches. I found swag. <laughs> I found sequest things that, like, you can't find that anywhere. And there are patches. No. So I got some sequest patches mm-hmm. and a fringe patch. Yes. There was a deal. And Fringe is one of the best sci-fi shows of the last 10 years. Yes. Probably I, the best of the last 10 years. I love it so much. And it's Fight like, me, Expanse fans. And Come on. It's like actual love, not like I love this even though I know it's not good. Which I would have lost it if we would have found Sequest Season 3 DVDs. Like I would have <laughs> just been like, here is my bank account Take all my money. I would have lost it if we ran into Anna Torv, so I see where you're coming from. That too. That too. (laughs) I loved you as all eight Olivias. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So then we went up to our first panel, Mm -hmm. which was the... The very first panel. The first main stage, at least. The first one. uh, The Will Wheaton Spotlight. But before he came out, the crowd had to get warmed up. Yeah. And that was, I think, your favorite part of the day. It was. So they they had this uh, pair of people that seemed to be professional crowd warmer uppers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they had this, the DJ, yeah, uh, along with the DJ. They, they had a perky blonde woman, and they had this uh, suave Australian man. Who's the DJ? Who's the DJ? He yeah. was the same person. Okay. <laughs> you know what? He was so talented. I thought he was two people in one. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. So uh, last year, I think it was, yeah. the warm-up people made us do, like, calisthenics. <laughs> yeah, we had to, like, do group dances in our seats, which uh, is kind of hard. This year, not so much, thank no. goodness. Uh, they, they instead had a scavenger hunt. Yeah. They named objects, and the first person to come up with that object and present it to them would win... Uh, a C2E2 superhero cape. Yes. 
Yeah, which a, a would, big red superhero cape with the show's logo on the back, which I think is a lot cooler than the like extra large for all T-shirt that they gave away last year. Yeah, a cape truly is one size fits yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, it and actually it's just, works. It's just kind of fun. Uh, I was ready to run with a Band-Aid, but we were f- sitting far too back. <laughs> they were like, give me an unopened, unused Band-Aid. And I was like, I have like 12 in my backpack. We come very prepared. You would balk to see this, the number of snacks we carried around all day. Well, I also had to wear like bad shoes all weekend. So like <laughs> Band-Aids, I didn't need them, but I was prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the the best moments were when they asked for a physical, like a printed out picture of the White House, <laughs> and it took a few minutes for people to realize they have cash in their pockets. Yeah, yeah. But they they were it was like a coded message to show me a twenty, basically. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, when he asked for one of those reversible swivel buckle belts that's like blue, black on one side, brown on the Men other. Men just running towards him, tearing off their belts. Yeah, that's a weird image. <laughs> Just five men throwing off their belts as they rush the stage. Yeah. After they've been talking about Thunder from Down Under and the other guests, uh, the other host Spanks situation. Yeah. It, it got raunchy for 11 a.m. <laughs> I, I did like the, um, the last one they did was a shoelace completely out of a shoe. And those were some dedicated people. <laughs> Like they, were... they really wanted that cape. Yeah. <laughs> but then Will Eaton did arrive. He did. And it was really good. Mm-hmm. He was really... Uh, He's it's... a very mature creator, which I yeah. think is the draw. Yeah. And... And most of the talk was about that process and being 45 now and defining what, like, that means for him. Yeah. And he had a lot of just really great things to say and when they got to the Q&A a lot of people were bringing up some of the different uh like kind of charity work he's been involved with mm-hmm. and like his his uh openness about his own bouts with depression yeah and there was just a lot of really like kind of heartfelt things during the entire uh panel mm-hmm. which was cool that was cool it was nice uh i i was a super will wheaton fan as a child i had <laughs> when i was like Five. I'm talking when I was five because I was watching Star Trek Next Generation like yeah. from birth. It that show is older than us. Yes. So yes. 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 Like I, my brother is older than me. He was watching it. I was watching it. I have a Wesley Crusher action figure, both one inside the packaging and one outside the packaging <laughs> from my childhood. I was a major Trekkie. <laughs> so that was kind of like. Like, I wasn't like, I must see Will Wheaton. But I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I can make my inner, like, five-year-old really happy right now. And it ended up being very mm-hmm. nice. It, it's interesting that you mentioned that because the person we were excited to see, mm-hmm. the person we were camping out seats for immediately after yeah. was Zachary Levi, star of Stage and Screen. Yeah, he was also great. He was yeah. so much... One thing It was, was completely really, different Yeah, because he came out solo. Yeah, so Will Wheaton had, like, a... An interviewer. An interviewer. And Zachary Levi just came out, sat down, he's like, hey guys, I'm here. Y'all watch Chuck? 
I was chucking Chuck. Let's, you guys got questions? I don't know, like, how are we going to do this? Raise your hand or something? You could see the C2E2 people were like, no, no, we got mics and lines and what are you doing? <laughs> they don't like when people do things that no. are against their plan. Uh, yeah, check out us talking about C2E2 uh, last year mm-hmm. to, uh, to hear about Sylvester McCoy running amok. Wait, uh, was it, that last year? Perhaps two years ago. Two years ago? Two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was two years ago. Sylvester McCoy is a force is a force that cannot be contained. Oh, and Zachary Levi was great though. He mm-hmm. had was just super fun. He was doing fun. crowd work. Yeah, there were some good jokes about people from the suburbs saying they're from Chicago, and the room just erupted in anger. Yes, <laughs> he did not learn. You're supposed to be like, well, that's Chicago, right? No, no, no it's not. Um, I, I. To be honest, I didn't know Chuck was such a popular thing. No, we never. We we were there because he's Flynn Rider. He's Flynn Rider, like Entangled. Eugene Fitzherbert, and which is he still has a lot of passion for that part. Yes, he was really excited about the Ray Punzel. This was of, a costume, of, yeah. Of that, yeah. This girl who asked a question. She was dressed from as Ray from Star Wars, mashed with Rapunzel. And it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he gave he's the one he gave his empty coffee cup to. Yes, he, he gave his empty <laughs> coffee cup to her. And like he's like this. He I guess came this out is your with award. a water bottle, like a regular plastic uh-huh. one, one of those smart water bottles that tells you how many ounces you drank, and a coffee cup. Yeah, I don't know how he how the man does it. He's the thirstiest man alive. Yeah, I don't know how he didn't have to run off peeing halfway through. <laughs> like, um, yeah, so that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, and... uh, we forgot to mention, but before we even made it, like, like almost instantly on the floor, mm-hmm. we met uh, one of our first listeners. Yeah. Uh, I forget his real name, but he goes by Kinkajou on Twitter, and he was lovely. Yeah, he was great. Uh, I apologize for forgetting your actual real-life human name, which is what we tend to use in person. Yeah, that's hard sometimes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming by and saying hello. Oh, this is also when I pointed out to you that the main stage screen was like off center. Oh, and God. you like were gonna murder me. <laughs> it was like so they they have like the, the CTE2 the logo is super wide. Yeah, super big. The CTA or CTA <laughs> the C2E2 logos on each side, and then like the video is in the middle, and like the distance from logo to video on each side was not symmetrical. And it was driving me crazy, and I just had to tell you, and Don't then... drag me into that hell with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. So we head back on the floor. Our, our plan for the first day, usually, mm-hmm. is to just go up and down aisles. Yeah. Uh, and try to look at everything and learn the layout of the place and see what there is to see. Yeah. Uh, so that was fun. And on the way, we met two people. Yeah. One uh, is Brett, who meets us every single year. Yes, he does. It's not C2E2 without Brett. No, it's not. Um, I'm, I'd be very concerned if I didn't see him at least once. I would think he's, he's ill. Yes. Or worse. Uh, and we also met David for the first time. Yeah. David's a History Honeys listener. Mm-hmm. I think also, maybe also a Sex Archie listener. Uh, from Texas, he came all the way out for not just to meet us, thankfully, but plenty of other programming yeah. and artists. He had a, a 
whole lot of uh, artists he wanted to get signatures and like handshakes with in Artist yeah. Alley. We had a great luck bumping into him multiple times. We, we ran into today. David a lot. That's I right. was kind of like, I don't feel like today's C2E2 because I didn't see him didn't again. Didn't see David. It's, it's yeah. But uh, we that's when we uh, we took in um, the... Geico? The Geico thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Geico. Oh, Geico. Oh, Geico. Last year, uh, if, if you're new to Elena and I from uh, one of the... Sh- podcast this is being posted on you might not be aware of the gextra life uh um charity drive we did it in the fall yep uh we we and uh two friends of ours uh played video games for 24 hours straight frankly the two of them did most of the playing (laughs) i was moral support you were the crafting you were reading the chat i i was working as well i was supplying people with water there was a lot to do over 24 hours but the the point is we raised twenty nine thousand dollars for hurley children's hospital in flint michigan yes and and how is this connected how is this connected you might want to (laughs) know i'm just bragging about what a good person i am geico did not like they do not endorse us let's throw that out there but they do have Gecko merchandise. And yes. we were playing the Gex series that features a jumping, quipping gecko. Yes. And last last year at C2E2, they had this big Geico party bus. And we already had plans for this, so we saw the like species connection. Yes. And and we you guys came out we came out with like a bunch of like plushies and all this stuff and we we ended up using the free swag. From this party, but... And redressing it to turn it into video game marathon swag. Yes. And uh, they were raffled off to our donors. Yes. Yes. So we're like walking past the Geico van and we're like, man, we got to do this. Just for old time's sake, we got to do the the Geico marketing push. So we're like entering our email to be entered to win like the gift card And I just start telling basically what I said a few minutes ago about Gextra Life to the the people. They're like, the lady. That's, She's like, that's wait, really what? Cool. Wait, wait, what? Hold on, hold on. Let me get, come hear this. Come hear this. Dude and so with the she microphone. grabs the guy with the mic who's like the, the hype man for the, the Geico marketing van. And he's like, wait, what? Is that? 2,700. No, sir, 1,000. It was 27,000 on the day. $27,000. These two. <laughs> And then they're like, make sure we get them some t-shirts. Uh, and you, you go into the van and do like the memory matching game or whatever. I'm going to get the brand rep, the person from actual Geico who's here with us. And you just tell her what you told us. So yeah, we like posed for a picture and played a game inside. Came out. Next thing we know, we're meeting this brand rep. They're ushering the person in the gecko costume over to us. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like this weird thing where they're like, "Do you, you want a picture? Right here. Give me your phone. I'll take a picture." Oh, okay, now one for us. Okay. Yeah. It was a little strange. It was something. It was something. Um. Yeah. I never felt like an insurance celebrity before. Yeah. Uh, now, if you're curious, we are planning to do a sequel in the fall. It will not be Gex-themed. No. We're still working on the lineup of games. But we but, will be doing it. And I believe we will still be supporting Hurley Children's Hospital in Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can watch, listen to us go crazy. And if you want to get in on it early slash late, uh, that's all archived on YouTube, all 24 hours of last fall. Yeah. There you go. So... Um, 
we we also met uh, Jay, who is yep. uh, an acquaintance of mine from the Chicago gaming scene, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, we also ran into last year. He's he's a lovely man. He's a listener to several of our projects. Yeah. Yes. So hi, Jay. Hi. Hi. Um, and we spent a lot of that day just exploring. We did the a lot of shopping. Is what a we did. A lot of shopping. Do let's talk. Let's do our first like swag break and talk about our okay. uh, uh, acquisitions. Some swag break. What did we get that day? Um, One cool thing is the science fiction outreach project. Yes. Yes. Here, well, here's what you got. Yeah. You can talk about that while I find mine. The, the Science Fiction Outreach Project gives away free books. That's the, that's the bottom line. They give away free science fiction books to people, hook them up with some good things to read. Uh, I got a copy of The Stars, My Destination. It's a classic that was sort of overlooked in its time, but then when uh, cyberpunk became a thing, everybody's like, yeah, Stars, My Destination, that's dope. That planted the seeds of what we're doing now. So I'm excited to to read this bit of literary history. I got The Good Fairies of New York, and I must read this description. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so good. When a pair of fugitive Scottish thistle fairies end up transplanted to Manhattan by mistake, both the Big Apple and the Little People have a lot of adjusting to do. Heather and Morag just want to start the first radical fairy punk rock band. But for... (laughs) But first, they'll have to make a match between two highly unlikely sweethearts. Start a street brawl between rival gangs of Italian, Chinese, and African fairies. Help the ghost of a dead rocker track down his lost guitar. Reclaim a rare triple-bloomed Welsh poppy from a bag lady with delusions of grandeur. Disrupt a local community performance of A Midsummer Night's Dream. And somehow manage to stay sober enough to save all of New York from an invasion of evil Cornish fairies. If they can stop feuding with each other, that is. Yep. I'm, I, this had to come home. This had to come home. Punk, rock, fair, what? What? Why not? Why not? Uh, some other books we got. It also uh, has like, did you see this fairy on the cover? I see like, this fairy. Like plaid skirt and like, that, that Kira is... Knightley bend it like Beckham, like handkerchief shirt. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Uh, some other books we got. Let's just make this the book break. Book break? Okay. Uh, History Honeys listeners, you will uh, remember Jim Henson's unproduced screenplay, Tale of Sand, which was adapted as a graphic novel, uh, which we got a while back. But they also had a companion volume that is volume that is just the script itself with some uh, illustrations uh, alongside rather than the full adaptation. So we found that, got that, got that signed by Ramon Perez, who does those illustrations. Uh, We got The Marvelous Land of Oz uh, by L. Frank Baum, of course, but the graphic adaptation adapted by Eric Shanower, art by Scotty Young. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last year, we got The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Yes. And so this is the first sequel. And uh, Scotty Young's Oz designs are incredible. I love them so much. Yeah, they're great. Uh, The Dark Crystal Creation Myths, Volume 3, by Brian Frude, Matthew Dow Smith, Alex Sheikman, and Lizzie John. This is the third volume in sort of a, a prequel history to the entire world and setting seen in The Dark Crystal, the film. Yeah. 
volumes two and three of Dan Slott and Mike Alred's Silver Surfer that I think is still ongoing. I'm obviously still catching up. This uh, only takes us up to Secret Wars. But I loved the first volume when I got it a while back in a sale at our local shop. And so I got two and three. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a free book you got from a publisher you Uh, like. Quirk Books. They uh, publish several books that I really like. Uh, And every year they're at C2E2, if you kind of pay attention to social media, they'll give you like a A secret password. password. And uh, it's always a free book and usually like a tote and some other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It's usually a pre... I think this is an actual finished book because Ah. like you were saying, their free stuff is usually like a publisher advance copy. Yeah. So we have like a publisher advance copy of this all about Bill Murray book on one of these shelves somewhere from a year or two back. Yeah, and the book I got last year, um, actually, they actually had, like, published, and it had, like, different cover art and stuff, and I was like, oh, <laughs> there, there cool. it is. I'm yeah. glad it's out. And this is a murder mystery. Oh, nope, this is an advanced reading copy. It says oh. so on the front cover. Uh, this is an advanced reading copy of a murder mystery about uh, comedians, dead comedians. Yeah, this was the first time they, usually they just have like one book that they're giving fully out. And this time they were like, they had a choice. Do do you want murder, horror, or Something witchy. witchy. Yeah. So I went with the mystery. Uh, Skipping ahead in time, but keeping with the book theme. Uh, there is a local comic artist who just lives on the, the north side of town here, mm-hmm. uh, Adam Photos, yeah. uh, who has a, a series called Dragon and Goat. And you love these, so why don't you talk about I them? I do. They're, they're just... They found him like four years ago, because last year he wasn't there, so it would have been four That's years right. ago. Um, and it's just a great little series about... a dragon and a goat who are friends and who quarrel and they, they who get, get in a lot of mischief mischief and and pun based misunderstandings yeah and uh yeah this is their latest volume mm-hmm. dragon and goat the curse of the robo werewolf yes and uh he was actually talking that uh he's gonna be st- so i think he has he had four different ones for sale there. I feel like he's had a couple other ones come out before, but the, uh, they're going to be kickstarting the next one. In the fall? In the fall, I think, yeah. which is uh, really cool. And so hopefully uh, I signed up for their mailing list, hopefully be able to help them out with that. Uh, and something I am a super fan of is the 54-year-old television program, Doctor Who. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Good and stuff. there was a uh, stand that was that had a big box of novelizations of old stories. Now, uh, nearly every story from the original run, the first twenty six seasons, uh, was novelized, and there are currently a hundred and four missing episodes that that you know the, the tapes don't exist in any archive anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I got two novelizations of missing stories. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh, Marco Polo, which is a, an exquisitely designed historical story. We, we have pictures of like the sets and costumes, just not them in motion. So now I get to see what the story was all about. Yeah. And the Celestial Toymaker, which is a divisive one. It uh, is fondly remembered until you remember that uh, celestial is an old-timey slur for Asian people. Oh. Yeah. 
let's just put that so, over there. There's some sticky history to wade through in that one. And, uh, boy. Yeah. Oh boy. It's going to be fun parsing that. Are those all the books we bought? I think. Oh, we bought a, we also bought a little Archie uh, comic. We did. Uh, Somewhere in the pile. We'll talk about that when we get to the signature time. Yeah. That makes sense. I think, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but before we move on to Saturday, yeah, uh, there's one more bit of programming we took in. The Independent Podcasting Panel, mm-hmm. presented by Cards Against Humanity and the Chicago Podcast Co-op. Yes. And that was pretty fun. Yeah. That was nice. That was good. Uh, they, they, it was moderated by uh, one of the women who hosts Roboism. Uh, Max Temkin was there, who has plenty of shows and is... Uh, one of the owners of Cards Against Humanity and also the co-op. Yeah. Uh, they had one of the hosts of Friendshipping and both hosts of... Uh, unlearned. Unlearned, yes. Mm-hmm. I always forget if it's unlearned or unlearning, but it, it is unlearned. You're right. Yes. <laughs> and no, they, they all had really interesting things to say about, you know, the art and like the path of finding your way through your podcasts. Yeah. And th- that was fun. And most of the people in that room, I think, had a show or had an idea for a show. Yeah. There was a lot of, I think there was more, I'm interested in doing this than I have a show. But there was definitely a lot of people that already have a show. Mm-hmm. And I, I think their presentation, a lot of it was geared toward finding those people and just giving them the like kick to the seat of the pants it takes like, to be like you can just do go this for it. you can do this it's not that hard I love uh, Max Temkin's point that podcast people obsess about uh, audio quality yes. when no one really cares because they're going to be listening to it on cheap earbuds on the bus yep <laughs> yep and I also appreciate like a lot of it was actually focused on um, not stressing about the audio quality, yeah. the background noise, the ums, the ends that people mm-hmm. say. Like the the things that people, when they make a show, obsess about. But people who listen to a show, it sort of brings them into the room. Like, yeah, there, there was someone who uh, was doing, who who had a question about keeping people level. Uh, because they were all around one mic doing a, a Dungeons and Dragons actual play show. Yeah, and he's like, "No, keep that because that that means I'm there playing with you. If I hear your die rolls, if I hear people stand up to to uh, open the door, use the bathroom, and come back. Yeah, that that's part of it. Yeah, which is cool. That was fun. That that's like the opposite of advice you usually hear from really uptight people, frankly." Are you calling them uptight? No, I'm calling <laughs> people who say the opposite of that. Oh, got uptight. The opposite of what you hear from from people. uptight people. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. I was like, wait. <laughs> uh. clearly, as we also learned in that panel, I'm bad at wording things. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Saturday. Saturday. Saturday at the con. Uh, was. Jughead day. It was Jughead day for us. We had a couple's costume. Where you you were kind of classic or design Jughead. I was, I was New Riverdale Jughead. I was Chip Zdarsky Jughead, yeah. frankly. Yeah. And I was Cole Sprouse Jughead. <laughs> and I loved it so much. 
People loved a lot of people loved it. We get, we got stopped a lot. And you it was got stopped good... a lot. I got stopped a lot. Yeah. And every time we're like, oh, but did you see my spouse? Yeah. We are two juggernauts. We're together. <laughs> you see how there's two of us? And then they loved it even more. It yeah. Was great. Um, it's also my most comfortable costume. Real shoes. <laughs> Who knew? Pants. I love the hat. The hat's so nice. Uh, but uh, we started that day off by me making a huge mistake. <laughs> the biggest mistake of my con-going life. I was like, hey, you know what? There's a Starbucks at McCormick. We're running. We should get going. I'll just get a coffee there. What the fuck was I thinking? Uh, Sex Archie listeners, that quack you heard is what we do to swears in history, honeys. Yeah. <laughs> uh... The line. The line for Starbucks. So our friends had to get, we were meeting some friends, and they had to pick up their mm-hmm. stuff at Will Call and all that. So I was like, well, uh, I'll get in line. Two of our very best friends had a baby five weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, our little goddaughter, Isla. And when this happened, like, they were still saying, oh, we're coming to C2E2 Saturday. We're going to do a day trip. It'll be fine. And the whole time we're thinking, no, you're not. Something's going to come up. We they understand. have a five-week-old baby. She's like, brand new. They, I'd be like, no way, no way if I was them. They came anyway because they're troopers and Isla's the best. <laughs> yes. So so they were getting their stuff and I was like, oh, I'll just get in line. Well, it did take them like another like 20 minutes to like finish going through Will Call and whatnot. So that was fine. But then it was like another 20 minutes till I was out of Starbucks. <laughs> It was a monster line. And I was in... Thanks to all your unicorn shakes. Yeah, all you people getting unicorn frappuccinos, it's your fault. Do you realize how long those take for people to make? And on an average day, I would hate someone who said what we just said. But that was a 50-person line. It was, like, and it was... Yeah, like, the frappuccinos take them really, really long time to make, no matter what. Mm -hmm. But when it's that many people in line... a unicorn frappuccino doesn't even have caffeine in it. I'm like, what are you wasting your money on right now? It is in the morning on Conde. You need caffeine. Yeah. Crazy people. But uh, I finally got the coffee. With uh, these friends, they really enjoy Artist Alley, looking at the pictures, maybe getting some some prints. And so that was our top priority on Saturday. Yeah. T- doing it with them. Yes. Uh, our first... Uh, place we had to go directly to uh which is like tradition Mm -hmm. is uh katie cook uh katie cook's known for the my little pony comics um but she has this wonderful comic called gronk her own personal web comic uh that i absolutely adore that's how i found her Mm -hmm. um she is known for doing custom mini paintings for you in front of you tiny baby watercolors while you wait um and they're the best uh, I have a whole wall of them. Uh, our friend got her to do a little portrait of their baby mm-hmm. uh, in a bell dress with uh, Lumiere and Cogsworth because uh, little Isla was born, f- well, many hours later. But the the last movie mom saw before Isla was born was Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, Labor Begins, <laughs> Baby's Born the Next Day. But hey, yeah. hey we were like... How baby had to come after that movie came out, or mom was gonna like disown baby. So, it, <laughs> so it's adorable. Lovely. It's a wonderful little keepsake. Um, and we, I got. Uh, I always get have her do what my cosplay is for. Yeah, what your year. new costume my is. My new costume that, yeah. is. So um, we had her do a joint Jughead. 
Um, and it came out really, really cute. Mm-hmm. I really love it. You can see uh, that on the Sex Archie Twitter. Uh, we, we try to keep our accounts sort of appropriate. Yeah. So all the Archie things we're going to mention, you can find us talking about that in the moment on the Sex Archie Twitter. Yeah. Any History Honeys listeners, we found their shout outs are on the History Honeys Twitter, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I also got uh, her little Gronk comic uh, monster uh, with, I was like, I want Gronk and the Kakamura from Moana. The, Do the... what you will. The little coconut pirates. Yes. And so she turned the little coconut pirate into like a tiki drink with mm-hmm. an umbrella that Gronk is really happy enjoying. And and then her uh, booth helper mm-hmm. is like, okay, you got to call up your merchandising friends at Disney and get them to make that a real drink. Like, why why aren't they doing this? Why am I not allowed to spend $50 on this Kakamura uh, drink mug? Yeah, could have like a Dole whip a in there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Then we continued down that uh, aisle, and we met Mark Hammond from Ayak Comics slash Archie Comics. Yeah. He works for them both. Yeah. Uh, he he really wanted our picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, which actually, this is one of the best pictures of us. That is so true. I, I did save it because mm-hmm. I was like, this is an amazing picture he got. Um, but he like tweeted that at Archie Comics. Gave us some free Riverdale posters, mm-hmm. and we just had a really great chat with him and uh, the other guy at the table there talking yeah, about Archie was... and Riverdale. The other people at that table were um, Art Baltazar and Franco, uh, who write, in this case, Little Archie, but also like Little Titans and uh, Little Justice League and the Little Hulk, you know? Uh, it's It's sort of their niche. Yeah. Uh, along with their original properties. But, uh, yeah, Franco talked with us for a while. Art was really busy signing lots of things. He had a really long line. So they just sort of passed our book over to him. He signed it real quick. We didn't get to say hi, but it was, it was yeah. nice to see him. Yeah. And by see him, I mean visually. Well, we had a really great conversation with them. They were telling us yeah. stories of uh, when they've worked... Uh, other events where, like, the, where the cast Riverdale of, cast yeah, was. yeah. Uh, and they told us a story about how uh, they are taking some pictures um, with these different people, and some somehow it came up like Cole, Cole Sprouse Sprout. wanted to do pictures in the hat. Yeah, and they didn't have the hat, and he was like, "Hold on, I'll be back." And there was another artist who had her own knit Jughead hat, and he's like, "I need to borrow this. I can't tell you why." I will bring it back. And he took it and he, like Cole Sprouse took a bunch of pictures in it. And then he ended up like bringing him back to, to this a- artist and was like, look. And so uh, Cole Sprouse was so excited to meet the woman who lent him her hat. And they had a wonderful time. And the, the moral of the story is Cole Sprouse is a magical man. Yeah, it was just, it was just <laughs> a great, uh, great story. And they were very, very, very nice and it was just great fun to talk to them. I really, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Uh, it's a nice little moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, just across from that table was Dan Parent, who is one of the classic uh, Archie writers and artists. Mm-hmm. He, he does things in the pre-reboot style, I guess. Yeah. If you want to give it a name. In fact, he has a new uh, title coming out in that style soon called "My Pal Archie." Yeah. And so he signed one of your old uh, no. digests. Yeah. 
that we've fuck mentioned. Did I go over here? Well, this one actually isn't old. This is one that um, uh, her cousin gave us That's for right. Christmas, actually, because I brought up how much with all the new Archie stuff coming out, how much I love it, especially because Archie digests were such a huge part of my childhood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, it's really what got me into reading as mm-hmm. a little tiny child. Um, and I own hundreds of Archie <laughs> digests. Um, so yeah, Oh, also, Sex Archie listeners, when we talked about the dawn of Kevin a while back in 2010, yeah. Dan Parent is the sole creator of Kevin Keller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh... So yeah, it's nice, nice to have, and we we shared that little tidbit with him too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have lots of these, and it's very exciting for me. Um, yeah, and then we met someone else. Yeah, around this time we met Ed, mm-hmm. and Ed is primarily a listener to uh, what me and my friend Josh do, mm-hmm. uh, Let's Play Stuff. This audio file might also get put up in the Chipod Ironicast uh podcast hey. if it if we did get the hat trick hi chip out ironicast listeners hello i hope you enjoyed me talking to my wife uh, again annually you should listen to our two shows where we do it all the time yeah yeah and <laughs> then, then like but ed was great ed yeah. talked about you know uh he's trying to get work uh in the gaming industry with was it nether realm i think i think it was nether realm so good luck with that ed yeah so uh, after getting some of this art and these encounters, we rushed back up to the panel rooms for the Jim Cummings spotlight. Mm-hmm. Jim Cummings is a voice actor. He's Winnie the Pooh. He's Tigger. Mm-hmm. He's uh, singing voices for several movies where the real actor can't sing. Like po- Pocahontas. Like Pocahontas, like Anastasia. Yeah. Anastasia. Right. Yeah, Pocahontas? Yes. Yes, yes. Both. I got it. Yes. Pocahontas uh, and Anastasia. He huh. was Darkwing Duck. He was Cat from Cat Dog. He's Pete from Goof Troop. He's, He's everything. everything. Uh, and that was, we, we were a little late getting in there, but we still were there for most of it, and it was really fun. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those aging guys. He talked about being a kid and uh, meeting Mel Blanc once, or no, he didn't even meet him. He knows that Mel Blanc listened to his demo, his first demo tape. Yeah. When Mel Blanc was just retiring yeah and now he is close to retiring i wouldn't say that to his face he's he's got some years left in him yeah but it, it's interesting to see like that generation being bridged again yeah in the near future yeah. who's gonna be the next jim cummings we don't know, don't know. uh but it was really fun like people uh they're asking you know there was a course of q a um mm-hmm. there were some great moments where they're like okay i'm gonna give you this obscure line from something and now oh, yeah, that, i want you to read it in a voice his, uh, his interviewer yeah. did he, he was looking up famous movie quotes like read this one as pete read this one as ray from princess and the frog yeah and it was great <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. really enjoyed that i enjoyed him talking about how the business has changed yeah to the point that movie stars do voiceover anymore I, do or don't? That that they do do it. Okay. Now. The way it was phrased, it was confusing. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem of mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I love you. So yes, but, they 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 do it now. Before mm-hmm. it was like a, I'm. It, it was that's like below me. It was the dregs of the uh, industry for a while, and now ever since, I want to put it at Toy Story. Frankly. Yeah, I could see that. Now. 
every AAA movie star is who is filling out the main roles in animated film. Yeah, it's, I mean, voiceover is a very, it's extremely competitive. It's extremely hard to get into nowadays. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's kind of like most entertainment stuff. Like the way you used to be able to get in stuff is something you cannot do nowadays. Um, but at the same time, there are all the new ways. There's, okay, you want to voice act? Make a YouTube series. Yes, yes. Like, you can go about making stuff yourself and getting yourself out there. Um, they don't do demo tapes yeah. so much these days. Well, demo tapes are actually a yeah, thing, but yeah. it's a way to get you... It's a way to get you ads. It's, it's a way to get you auditions. Get, yeah. For ads, for... It's it's not going to get you an animated movie, <laughs> but it will get you commercial work. But that was fun. I liked that one. Yeah. Uh, and then we... Uh, heading back to the floor for a little while, we met another fan who, again, I forget your real name. I'm sorry, at Troglodyte01 on Twitter. It's hard. I should have been making notes, I swear. <laughs> I mean... This was when my phone was dying, so I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> but he was lovely. He came all the way from Tennessee. Yeah, he was super nice. Um, it's just really fun to meet people. Oh, yeah. It's really, really, like, I think not to sound like full of myself or anything, like nothing <laughs> like that, but like. I'm kind of a shy person when it comes to, like, meeting people I don't know or, like, talking mm -hmm. to people, like, artists or whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't know yeah. why. I'm just like, I don't know what to say. Uh, and it's, I, f f having just within, like, this year and a little bit in previous years when people have come to meet you or whatever and mm -hmm. they, like, know I exist as well. Um, <laughs> Which happened a lot more this year. Yes. Because History Honeys exists now. Yes. Sex Archie exists um, now. It's really fun to meet people. Yeah. And I think if anything, I was a lot more talkative to people this year that mm -hmm. like artists we were going up to and stuff because I was like, wow, I get how cool this actually is. It's just you, to you've like... You've seen it. You've got a taste of it on the other side of that table. Yeah. yeah. Like it's actually really neat. And I was like, why am I such like a idiot going up to these people being like, they don't want to hear that I like their work. Like, <laughs> no, that's what they want to hear. Yeah, yeah. You know me every day of my life. Yes. And you've also seen me interact with, with fans and listeners. Yes. So please tell me if this thing I'm about to say is true or not. Okay. When I meet someone who knows me from something that I do... There's, like, this whole different energy to everything I do. Yes. I, I immediately go into, like, this show mode. A little bit, yeah. Of, like, a one-on-one. -on -one. You are my perfect... You are my entire audience, and you're going to get what you paid for, which is bit. zero. Because I don't <laughs> charge anything. But you're still going to get more than what you paid for. You... Yeah. 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 You, you, you get much... You're more invested, yeah. I think. <laughs> not to say that, like, you're not invested the rest of your life but there's there's definitely more like super focused energy you sought me out i'm going to give you my full attention mm -hmm. yeah so if you uh ever get a chance to meet us expect that i guess <laughs> don't don't be freaked out yeah why why am i freaked out to talk to katie cook i don't know i only like 
buy all her mini paintings every year, but I'm still like, bleh. The next thing I have in my notes is that we went back upstairs for another panel, but on the way, what probably my favorite quote of the weekend happened. <laughs> so as a reminder, we, we are traveling in a group of four plus stroller and baby. Yes. And so um, there's, there's this big crowd of people that we're trying to move through to get to the elevator. And uh, behind us, there, there's this young woman with a, a young man, and she sees the baby, you know, having that baby small talk that people have. Oh, she's so cute. How old is she? Blah, 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 blah. And she just loved Isla. Mm-hmm. And then she turns around to the man she was with, and something only I heard in this crowd of people is she says to him, we're having a baby tonight. Eh. <laughs> and I, I tried my hardest to keep a poker face. It was so good. What was his reaction? I don't know. I was trying to control mine. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of like... Wherever you are, good luck. Have fun. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's much more worse than what I heard today, where, like, all of a sudden I just heard a woman say to their friend, Hey, you want a penis holder? And I was like... What? What? And then I was like, oh, wait, there's like this leather shop that I think has cod pieces. That's probably what she's talking about. But I'm really just thinking like, hey, meet my friend Mary Sue here. She's a penis holder. Like, what? She doesn't know what to do with it. She just sort of holds it. <laughs> just, just, she's just going to follow you around holding it. <laughs> but uh, the programming we were going to yes. was a presentation called Twisted Tunes. Yeah. Now, Jim Cummings was not the only voice actor they had Mm-mm. by far. No, they had lots. They had uh, Dave Finoy of uh, World of Warcraft and um, Walking Dead Adventure Game, etc. fame. They, they had Richard Horvitz, who is Zim and uh, Alpha 5 and every other character that sounds exactly like Invader Zim. Yes, he even pointed that out. This is not us saying that. That's him saying that. He made some self-deprecating jokes during this. Everybody knows. He's a talented man who only gets paid to do the one thing. Yes, I'm sure he can do many other voices. They just don't let him. <laughs> uh, uh, Jennifer Hale, who's the the probably the hardest working woman in voice acting. Like, if if there's something with a lady voice in it, Jennifer Hale's in it. That That's end of story. Uh, David Hayter, who we'll talk more about later. Mm-hmm. I'm a poet. Uh, Troy Baker, Steve Bloom, mm-hmm. and again, Jim Cummings. Yeah. And what they were doing was they were reading uh, scenes from the Back to the Future script, but they were being assigned uh, to play different parts at different moments in different voices of some yeah. of their characters they, they or were... voices they're known for doing. They, they were assigned either notable characters or impressions they do. Yes. <laughs> Troy Baker does some amazing impressions. Oh my God, yes. I <laughs> loved him. His Jeff Al- Goldblum. His Jeff Goldblum and his Alan Rickman. Like <laughs> His Alan Rickman is unintelligible and <laughs> that's the joke and it's the best joke. <laughs> But yeah, his Jeff Goldblum is like, and he gets like really physical, like, physical. A lot of the other voice actors like can just like sit there, but you can t- like the way he really gets into the voices is he gets really physical with it. And he, like, he's just doing a lot of gestures. His body language changes. And the Jeff G- Goldblum one was just 
great. <sighs> yeah. It was perfect. I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it was it was so much fun because of some of the voices they were doing like that. Um having Jim Cummings do like Pooh mm-hmm. and um and- I, I love the way some of them injected not just the voice, but their character's character. Yeah. Uh, when Jim Cummings was narrating as Ray from Princess and the Frog. Yeah. That was a lot of his vocal tics worked in. Yeah. And they, they, you know, they were taking liberties also with the script and like adding, yes. adding things in and making things... Filthy. Filthy. <laughs> uh, and it was just so much fun. And there was like one point when they were all like kind of losing it and moments when they were like what page are we on we do this for a living i don't what where who am i being i don't remember who you said (laughs) and it was just great fun it it was a really really good one it was a crowded one that was standing room only and for good reason it was good programming yeah yeah it was great though uh it was also fun to leave all the panels are in an upstairs floor or, or another floor up from the main stage and it's it's very hard to actually to deal with like these panels because there's really like one main way in and out which means if you're at the main room you got to cross the entire hall to get to the mm-hmm. escalators but like there, well there's a side escalator but there's no side elevator and again we have a stroller well there there is it wasn't working <laughs> that's right we were trying like it would not call the elevator, and like there was another couple uh, people there with a stroller, and they gave up, and I was like, "Man, that crowd like sucks." <laughs> so I was like, "Hey, security guy, like it's not working. Like, is there nothing else? Like, I really don't want to walk through all that." And um, he gave us directions that took us through this door that says in big letters, do "Emergency not enter. exit." You cannot no reentry, and I'm like, "He's like, go through there, make a right, and another right, and you'll be there." And I was like. What, Wait, what? 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 Th- through these doors that say don't enter. Yeah. Are, At, is this a prank, sir? <laughs> so I, I go through and, and then like I, I peek through the door and I'm like, really? I'm supposed to go through here? This is like a utility hallway. Yeah. It's <laughs> and it's not creepy, but only because it had lights on. Like, <laughs> Well, it's one of those things like I am not supposed to be back here. Right. They are going to kick me out of here forever. But... Who's right? Through the door, make a right, make a right. There's the freight elevator, which is terrifying. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and when you get off, you're at, like, the loading dock to outside. And then there was, like, we were, like, what? How do we get? Oh, wait, maybe this door? Oh, look, there's, there's the, the floor. Hey. And then there was security guard, like, just inside. I thought she was going to, like, yell at us. <laughs> she gave us a really weird look. But I was just like, oh, yeah, that worked. He was really right that that was it. Please don't kick us out. <laughs> <laughs> so babies get you VIP treatment. A little bit. A little also, bit. Uh, getting out of that panel, they let us go out uh, a, a earlier door. That's right. Because, because we couldn't get the stroller through the people. Yeah. So they're the... like, come here, come here, come yeah. fast. And we, we got a little exit out. Uh... Now, we went back to Artist Alley to continue browsing. Mm-hmm. I got separated from you, which is when I stumbled upon mm-hmm. uh, another listener, uh, a Six Feet Under listener. Yeah. Uh, who is at Rat with Scarf on Twitter that he doesn't use. And I forgot his real name again. But I ran a game of uh, Laws Out with 
him at uh, ValorCon this past fall, mm-hmm. which was really fun, and he was a good player. Yeah. <laughs> so nice to see you again, bud. And then we found you again. And then I found you. Nice to see you yeah. again, love. Uh, and so, yeah, we were taking in some more of Artist Alley. Our friends bought some stuff. Uh, we... Our, our last thing we really wanted to do that day uh, was another signature thing. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. there were some other encounters we yeah. had on the way. Uh, on the way out of the panel before this elevator adventure, I ran into recurring fan encounterer at Grayshot on Twitter. Yes. That's <laughs> the one I think I photobombed your picture. I think you did. I was like, uh, I'm going to be in this whether you want me to or not. <laughs> Sorry. But then we got my face. But then we got in line for uh, Chip Zdarsky, mm-hmm. which we tried to do earlier, but the line had already been capped, yeah. and so now we're coming back. Yeah. Chip Zdarsky is the uh, artist for Sex Criminals. Yep. The first writer for the new Jughead. He writes Captara. He wrote Howard the Duck. He's starting on Spider-Man. Chip Zdarsky is a hot commodity in the industry today. We got in line there, and we had a while to mm-hmm. wait. Uh, and we uh, started Dave, making... David passed by again, I think. Yeah, David passed by again. We uh, met someone else when we were in that line. We met uh, at Blankus Maximus. Yeah, who was very, very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you for supporting History Honeys. Yeah. Uh, and we made friends in line. Uh, yeah. This, uh, Brand new listener, Logan. Hi, yeah, Logan. Hi, Logan. Hope you are actually listening. You said you would. Uh, and we had a fun time talking about... All things uh, Archie. All, all things Archie and just a bunch of other stuff because we had a lot of time in that line. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was fun. It made time pass and we, we got to meet some new people and... Mm-hmm. Uh, got some pictures with uh, Chip Starsky. Yes, they are... They're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, a uh, friend of ours we were with yeah. has a friend who is an illustrator who is a comic artist. Mm-hmm. And he was going to come, and Chip Zdarsky is his idol, basically. Yes. But he was sure that Chip would flake, that he would cancel, and that was the excuse he gave for why he didn't come to the convention. Yes. Chip was obviously there, and when he heard this story, he took a picture with his arm around our friend who did come, giving this absent friend the finger. Yes. That's the kind of guy he is. Yeah, yeah. He's also wearing, like, the best leggings I've ever seen. Yes. I'm really glad we met him that day and not yet today, because he just had, like, jeans on today. Mm -hmm. Um, But we got him to sign our uh, jughead that we were getting everyone else to sign, too. Mm -hmm. We got Uh, the interior artist Erica Henderson to sign it. You might also know her work from Squirrel Girl right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. And uh, the variant cover we have, our, our copy of Jughead Number 1, is Ramon Perez's, who I just mentioned from Tale of Sand, mm-hmm. got his signature. So yeah. all, all three people that, that made the words and pictures happen. Yeah. And we, we had a fun little time really quickly talking to him. Ramon Perez sounded interested in Sex Archie. He might be listening to us say these words right now. We, that's a weird thought. Oh my god, that's a weird thought. We, we might have been doing a bit of self-promotion promoting with all these people. I'm like, hey, well, we do this podcast. <laughs> you like our costumes. You should listen. I know for a fact that Mark Hammond is listening right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel it in my heart. He should let us know if he is. 
<laughs> then we were pretty much done for the day. We did head back out. Um, we were doing this fun thing. They had um, so one thing they were doing this year is on your badge you could like register it, mm-hmm. and, and they were doing the scavenger hunt thing where you could win some prizes, which was okay. Cute. It was, um, it was a fun way to encourage you to circulate the floor. But there were some cool, uh, like, photo op opportunities yes. where there were, like, photo booths set up. And, and so now you'd they had, scan your thing. Yeah, you'd scan your badge, and then there would be a camera set up with a certain spot. And within the show floor, there was one where you could, like, do it with a Lego Batman thing. And um, there were some with, like, special backdrops. Yeah, but they had a camera set up uh, right in front of the big uh, C2E2 letters that they always set up that people do photos at. And mm-hmm. it was just like an awesome angle. Uh, and it was a great way for us to get pictures together of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, without having to bug someone to take one. And so you just scan your picture or you scan your badge. You can take the picture and it sends it to your like account, uh, it emails it to you. And so we were like, Oh, we got to get another one today. We did it yesterday. This is now like a thing. End of day con picture. Mm hmm. Um, but we also met, uh, we're meeting up with, uh, another yeah. listener there who is a very dedicated we listener met to Megan. us. Megan! Megan sought us out so well. Mm-hmm. We were, like, tweeting back and forth with Megan over and over to try and track one another down, because she only had a Saturday pass, and she was dying to meet us, and we knew this from days in advance. Yes. And it, it happened. And it, it happened. happened, and I'm so happy it happened. So yes. hello to Megan. Hello to Megan's Megan. sister, who introduced Megan to our show. Yeah, Megan was great. Yeah. Um, so and I'm, I'm sorry you couldn't come to the show, Megan's sister, who I don't know your name. Sid, Sid, Sydney. Yes. Sydney. Thank you, Sydney. Dinner. We, we went got, to dinner. We, we went, got burgers we and burgers. Jughead costumes. <laughs> we did. It was great. Uh, and we definitely took some photos with that, and there was a cop who gave us a very strange look at the restaurant. What the heck are you kids doing? But the owner of the burger place, which we've been to before, who was a very nice man, gave us a full rundown of the menu, and... You know, if you're in the McCormick Convention area, mm-hmm. go to Burger Point. It's called Burger Point. It's uh, at Archer and State. It's like 1900 South State Street. They make delicious burgers and fresh fries. Everything is made to order. And it takes, I mean, it doesn't take a super long time, but like they are making it fresh. And mm-hmm. it is all completely delicious. It is the best quick food within walking distance of McCormick. Yeah. The best not-so-quick food is Cantina, the Mexican restaurant. Yes. Um, yeah, so we, we got our burgers. It was great. So it's time for another merch run. Let's talk about our art and signatures that we haven't mentioned yet. Sure. Okay. So. Uh, I got one thing as a gift. Now, people who know me from my video game show know that I have a best friend named Josh and that Josh loves... Metal Gear Solid, mm-hmm. and that we sort of made our name in video game entertainment by playing Metal Gear Solid for the internet. Mm-hmm. So David Hayter is the voice of Solid Snake and Big Boss, the, the main character of one game or another. So, so Josh sent me his copy of MGS3 Subsistence, and I got him David Hayter's autograph right on the cover. It says, Josh, you're pretty good, David Hayter. So we got to shake his hand, which yeah. is apparently very exciting. It was so exciting. I mean, he was really nice. He was David super Hayter nice. is a very nice guy. He looks a lot like Carl Urban. He his does. Brother. When you met, when you said that, I immediately thought Carl Urban needs to play Snake in a movie. <laughs> It'd be so good. Yeah. 
there's a point at uh, when we were up to the table when he set down his water bottle like, yeah, I really needed some liquid. He took a moment to realize what he said and then in the snake voice shouted, liquid! Because <laughs> that's the name of his clone brother uh, oh. villain rival. Yeah. Because he's Solid Snake and then there's Liquid Snake. Oh. Well, say he was very nice, especially because like, I think he knew I was just tagging along. <laughs> but he talked to me just as, as yeah. directly and nicely as he was to you. And like, he... he not to say that he like he should have ignored me or anything, but like he he treated me mm-hmm. just as importantly as you, who was definitely there for something. Yeah, and he was very very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, when he's with fans, he's constantly dropping into snake voice just because he seems to love the faces it makes people make. There are some amazing faces going on, <laughs> um, and Catch he was also waiting, like, huh? I mean, he has to keep stuff moving, but he was like very like this. This is your my time with you. I'm yeah. Take this moment. Uh, if I'm cool. ever like actual famous, yeah, I want to be David Hater. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to have that sort of composure and like comportment. Yeah. If I ever have an autograph line. Yeah, he was really nice. Uh, uh, let's see. Descender is a uh, comic by Jeff Lemire, oh, art so by good. Dustin Wen, and it's fantastic. It's so good. Uh. Our, our friend with the baby is in love with it, and reading those books sort of saved his sanity while the baby's been keeping him up all night. Yeah. So he got one of his volumes signed with a message to that effect from the artist, and I got mine just signed. Uh, unfortunately, the writer, Jeff Lemire, was out sick. Yeah. But, hey, man, health is health. You take care of yourself, man. Yeah. Uh, we've already talked about some of the other signatures, so I think that's... The rest to catch up on. Yeah, but so let's talk about the art, art, art. Yeah, well, I already talked about the stuff I got from Katie Cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other purchases were um, an artist I've always, I've always really liked, uh, Karen Hellion. Yeah, Karen Hellion. Hellion, yeah. Uh, she, if you, you've probably seen some of her stuff. She's very known for um, like princess or like. Disney oh, female she, TARDIS crossovers. Yeah, she's the lady who drew Belle walking into the TARDIS. Yes. That is a super famous, like, yes. Tho- fandom mashup picture. Those are hers. She's also really known for um, the one uh, Hamilton uh, image of... Uh, the Skylar Sisters. The Skylar Sisters. Some various other ones that I'm sure have gone mm-hmm. around. I got uh, kind of like the postcard size... Um, because I'd already spent a lot of money, of uh, Stitch gnawing on BB-8 like a chew toy. Two of your favorite characters, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also picked up, uh, I don't know when this is going out, but I'm sh- I, my friends are busy with a baby. I bet they won't listen. Uh, my Our friends with their baby. Um, I introduced my friend to the pigeon books uh by mo williams the entire mo williams the entire mo williams world elephant and piggy and the pigeon books and they uh she has a mashup of uh the pigeon character with the tardis and it's very cute yeah uh so that's for baby and then uh a new i think i remember seeing these actually last year their their business is called of mice and madness yes and uh they do mice yeah watercolor (laughs) mice and I just love the style of their stuff. Like, the mm-hmm. mice and the color, like, the way 
everything. It's just, there's really, really pretty, uh, really cute stuff. Um, I got a print of, uh, it's Poe Dameron mouse, uh, like as a mouse size, like dancing on top of BB-8. Yeah. Uh, who's like regular size and it's just very cute. <laughs> um, and I'd been eyeballing it and I was just like, you know, that needs to come home. And that was actually it for art. A lot less art than we bought in previous years, but and a lot more books. My poor shoulders. Oh, yeah. that backpack. <laughs> well, a lot of, we've been having issues of like everything falling off our walls. So I was kinda like, well, I can't buy too much because I don't know why nothing is staying up on the walls. <laughs> frame just frame after frame just keeps dropping. So that brings us to today, Sunday. Mm-hmm. It was just the two of us again, sort of. Kind of. Uh, and what were, how were we dressed on Sunday? Uh, today, I was Star Butterfly, and you were Marco Diaz. Uh, from the... Star versus the Forces of Evil. It's a cartoon. It's really fast-paced, and I enjoy it. I love it so much. It's so good. What? So they just finished off their second season, and the one thing is, that even though it's fast-paced, they there is like... A, a story arc is happening. There is a plot that is connecting yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. and things grow and change. Characters and... are developing. And the, the thing I love in any show is characters being very, very true to themselves. Yeah. No matter how ridiculous their self is or the world around them, like, yes, that is exactly what they would do. It's something I love about Riverdale. Yeah. And it's something I love about a star versus the forces of evil. Yeah. Uh, I keep trying to... Bring it back to the shows that this will be in the feeds of. Yeah. <laughs> so our day today, uh, we already kind of talked about um, it a yeah, little bit. We started with David Hader's autograph. We told the story of David Hader. Do you want to tell the story of the guy behind us waiting for David Hader? <sighs> Comic okay. conventions take all kinds. I I want people to be able to nerd about whatever they want to nerd about. I want people to enjoy things however they want to enjoy it. I do, I guess like my pet peeve... There is a, a way to do it in a grating, grating way. Well, first off, my my pet peeve of con goers mm -hmm. is people who only go for like one thing. First off, it seems like a waste of time and effort. When and they're money. like, "This is the only celebrity I'm here to see," and if something happens to them, what's the point of anything? First mm -hmm. off, like I. How are you supposed to have fun? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> what else are you supposed to do with your day? Um, which this, the guy behind us was a little bit of that. He was a little bit of that. He was a little bit of that. Though he was there for more than one person. He was kind of acting like he wasn't, and it was weird. He was like a one-man Wikipedia, basically. Yeah. He He was there with his dad, and he, he was about a college-age guy, I'd say. And he yeah. was pointing out, uh, all the autograph lines are in a line, and uh, everybody has this banner with their face and, you know, the thing you know them for, Right. And so he was pointing out everybody and what they do. He, he was like a, a living Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. And his dad was clearly uninterested, but trying so hard to be kind and supportive. Yep. It, and it, It's like listening to someone read the encyclopedia. Like, yep. Except you don't care about facts. Yep. <laughs> yep. And David Hayter was a little late. He was a... He ended yeah. up being like half an hour late, but this guy was like freaking out after like five minutes, and I was like, "Calm your butt." 
It's and not the, the end of the world. The whole time he kept making the same joke over and over again. He's probably hiding in a box. Yeah, we get it. You played Metal Gear. We get it. It... If we wouldn't have been listening to this for an hour... It wouldn't be a big it deal. It wouldn't have been a big deal. But he was right behind us, and he was like the only person talking. <laughs> and, and he I just was... kept making worse and worse Metal Gear jokes. And I don't even play Metal Gear, but I was like, that's a bad joke. <laughs> well, it's a bad joke because it was just, here's the thing that I know. It, there was not a setup and punchline. It was just a reference. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I did also, um, he was also trying to play, like, a sig- like a, the system by, like, bringing his dad mm-hmm. just to, like, in case they were, like, signing ma- maximums. Yeah. His dad could get the other signatures for him, <laughs> which was kind of like. You took your dad as a mule. <laughs> For possible rule evasion. Like... I would love to see what happens if, like, that came up and his dad had to, like, have a conversation with these people he's never heard of. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, yes, I love your things. Please sign all of this. I love it when you voiced that one, that one, and that (laughs) one on the left. (laughs) She was good. Yeah. Uh, the the line moved and we did have that lovely encounter we mentioned yes and uh we we hung out uh this is when yeah we we hung out with uh feats contributor drackle Mm -hmm. yeah uh so yeah another one of my shows is called six feats under that's f-e-a-t-s it's an actual play show where we play role-playing games and we use them to generate stories and we, we have a great time uh Drackle's one of our regular contributors. He's in our Mouse Guard uh, campaign, which is is brand new as far as being released. It's, pre-production has been a while. We really want to make this one great, uh, which I'm sure we'll be talking about more in a minute. But we spent most of the day with him, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we uh, walked around Artist Alley a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, we met... At Slanted Spade, who brought us num nums. Yeah, brought was, us snacks last year. Brought us snacks and beverage this year. Like yeah. you take such good care of us. It's the sweetest thing, and I love you for it. And let me say, like I always snubbed like golden Oreos. I was like, that's not a real. Those are really good. <laughs> those are great. So we thank you, and Nabisco thanks you as well. <laughs> See, that's a joke. That's not just mentioning Nabisco. You see the difference? <laughs> but thank you for the snacks. Thank it's you so, nice. so much. We, we wandered around. We did some last minute shopping. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, Th- this is when I think you got your mouse. Yeah, I got my mouse. Uh, I had to pick up a pin for a friend. Drackle uh, uh, was only available today, so he had some highlights he wanted to hit, yeah. including the Reptile Rescue Charity. Yeah. There was no lemon drop. Uh, <laughs> if you've listened to our past that's, things that's and you were wondering... <laughs> There was no lemon drop. <laughs> but they had plenty of other snakes, and they had this big, big lizard. I... Oh, he was so sweet. His, yeah. name, wasn't his name Hank? Tank. Tank. His name was Tank. Tank the lizard. He was a big, lazy lizard with a big, flippy tongue. It was very, very good. Yes. And Drackle held him. Drackle held him. He got the photo op. I took a bunch of pictures of him. And the lizard seemed really happy. <laughs> He was like really, really content. Yeah, so he's he's good at holding lizards. That boy. 
If only there were an RPG about holding lizards, we'd be set. Uh, but then we went to a oh. panel. Oh my god! Oh my god! That I I read the um. Yeah, it sounded like it was going to be good. Fr- from the description, uh, it sounded really good. Superheroes have a long, long history of being written, and there there have been many booms and busts. And the Golden Age boom uh, was before anyone knew really what they what to do with this sort of character. Like the the formula hadn't been set in stone yet. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of really bizarre and wild and hilarious heroes from this era. And somebody wrote a book collecting them. Yeah. And then he did the world's worst stand-up routine <laughs> to sell the oh, book. Oh, it was so bad. God-awful. Oh, my God, it was the worst. It was like, he would, like, show us, like, it was so weird because whatever was happening. It was happen- all prop comedy. Well, if there was comedy, it was in the props. Well, here's the thing, though. Like. He would show, he had a slideshow going, and mm-hmm. he would show, like, art mm-hmm. from these comics, the character. And, like, whatever was happening on the slide was very interesting. <laughs> like, oh, I can see this crazy superhero in art that was created back like, when. It's like, so wild that that character is only on the cover of the book and not on the inside, and she's only a head. Yes. Miss Liberty is just a floating head that's not even in her own book. They thought this would be a good idea. Okay. But then he would pull out these these props. And, you know, I was like, okay, if he just pulled out, like, a prop and put it on his head and then talked about the history, actually, of this character, it would have been fine. There was no setup to this joke. He just started doing it. And the joke was that he cosplayed every character. Yes. And it was like, look, I'm wearing underwear outside my pants. And then he flung it at somebody and it failed. It went behind him. And then he did it again. And then there's this, like, arrow that comes out of someone's underwear Outside Look, their pants. Let me see what I have in my pants. Whoa! He kept taking off his pants. He took he kept... off his pants again to show off his Charles Atlas, like, uh, leopard print briefs. He would just keep talking about what was in his pants. I've never heard Sigmund Freud mentioned more in my life, and I had plenty of college courses where we had to read Freud. Like, we started, like, tweeting about this, and then it, we, were all, we were sitting all right next to each other, and, and then like... we were just like... What is this? What is this? Tweeting at each other because we couldn't say anything. (laughs) We couldn't speak. It kept getting worse. Like, okay, as an example, there's this uh, hero called the Black Cobra who wore a cobra as a hat, which is goofy. So he put on a goofy cobra hat. And the Black Cobra's superpower was to produce live snakes and beat people with them as clubs. Yeah. there are a million ways to make that hilarious, and he found none of them. No. He just made it creepy and bad. And then, like, he was he was talking about, like, well, oh, yes, many, many superheroes run around with little boys. Oh, but this one runs around with a little girl, a seven-year-old girl, and sometimes she has really big boobs. <laughs> like, what? What? Okay, okay. Maybe, no. like, yeah, the artist in that is bad that he's giving a seven-year-old Boobs, bazongas, like, you might say. Mu- must must you say it like that? Must you use that tone? Must we? Like, isn't the real joke that her superpower is a machine gun at the age of seven? Yes. Let's Can, go down that let's, path. Let's focus on that and not a seven-year-old's chest. How about um? Oh no, this wasn't Nature Boy. This was like the Rainbow. I think the Rainbow. The rainbow might that, have been the that worst. That was the moment I, like, grabbed you. <laughs> so the, 
I hope I'm remembering this name right because it's worth, again, all of these heroes are worth looking up because they are funny. He just ruined them, their, their humor value. Uh, but he's a guy with a rainbow mohawk and rainbows trailed behind him as he flew. And uh, apparently his uh, powers used rainbows that his suit was made of. So sometimes he wound up naked. This dude loves nudity. Yeah. Uh, oof. Uh, so then he went on to talk about how, you know, he's the, the poster child for Glad. You know, they, um, the... Them, them homosexuals. The, <laughs> I think the line was, the homosexual folks. Or something. I was just like, what the fuck? He tripped over his own, like, punchline three times, then fell down the stairs into the homosexual folks. I was so incredibly uncomfortable this whole time. I just wanted to run away, but I could not look away. It was such a train wreck. And so, then... So do you the want to big, just talk about the big finale? The big finale. When One, he shows... I don't even know what the superhero is called. But he, he appeared to be a nude man... That was wrapped, that was in, a wrapped in a red ribbon. ribbon. And so, like, we know the drill. Out comes a red ribbon, and he starts hyping it up. And his, assist, his assistants were on the ball. They had every prop in they order, did. ready they to did. go. And so they held up this big red sheet, and he got behind it. And, like, he's throwing, oh, here's my shoe. Oh, here's my other shoe. Oh, here's my pants over it. And we're just sitting there like, like oh, my God. How, this, there's going to be a twist. There has to be a there's twist. There's going to be a twist. He's not going to be nude. Please there's just show children. us the twist. Please end this. And then he says, like, something about... I can't remember what the lead up was, but it was like, follow the screen and the bouncing ball. And I was just like, my oh. God, I'm recording. I don't know what's happening, but this has to happen. And then he was not nude. He was dressed as his company's mascot all yes. of a sudden. And then suddenly there was a song playing with a bouncing ball where we were supposed to For sing like along to the words. Karaoke, yeah. And it And he just... Danced just, like, and marched. marched and kind of sidestepped a bunch and people sang and cheered and I was just like horrified. <laughs> it's the worst thing I was thing horrified. Like the only good thing was that montage he had with that commercial for Had a Call. Yes, yes. That was because that was an actual historical thing that was connected to the superhero. So yeah, History Honey's listeners might like this weird story that uh, there was a in-house superhero for Hadacol, a patent medicine that was fourteen percent alcohol, along with all sorts of other fun stuff dur- during uh, Prohibition. Yeah. But like, and so, like, there are all these pages of him, like, all right, that was a good fight. I need to drink some Hadacol to, to top up. And then later on the same page, better drink some more Hadacol before I take down that gang. Like, yep, just keep drinking. <laughs> but that, that was like, oh, that's actually, like, what I'd like to know about from this mm-hmm. thing. But no, no, and instead. That, like, the first Muslim superhero was written by a woman and drawn by a black man and published by a Jewish-owned company. Yeah. And, like, this whole... He, he And the character punched Nazis, and he wanted to make this sort of topical... Uh, if only uh, there, there were, you know, a need for somebody to punch Nazis these days. Any of that? He fumbled that eight times again. But I was like, tell me but, more about that. But that's a good that. story that turned into an awful bungled joke. Why are we only taking 30 seconds with it when that is a story? <laughs> Give me information. 
Instead, and all of this, all of this happened in like 30 minutes. And I was just like, and then it was over. And I was like, oh my God, it's done. We can leave. It was supposed to be an hour. It was only 30 minutes. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> oh. I was so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. So then we just went and sat we in the hall sat, for a while. We had while. to decompress. We had to like compare notes and talk this out. The three of us. We. Yeah, we just. <laughs> It had to be. We just had like a therapy session. It was. Which was, again, less Freudian than anything. Yeah. <sighs> so then we we went to our last panel. Which was one of my, one of the things I was looking forward to most the mm-hmm. whole weekend. It was the Mouse Guard panel. Mouse Guard is a uh, comic series that's been, that, that came out 12 years ago now. Yeah. Uh, from David Peterson, who is... Uh, a Michigan writer and artist. Uh, he's strangely a friend of a friend of ours. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a small world way, even though I didn't know that when I started reading the books. Nope. Uh, small world. Small world. Um, but they're they're fantastic all ages books in like in a very literal way. Yeah. Like, which is a weird line to thread, but he does it masterfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd recommend people read them, but it's also uh, been more recently changed into a, a role-playing game developed by Luke Crane of uh, Burning Wheel fame, uh, which is, again, the current campaign at sixfeetsunder.com. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so he talked about, you know, the all of the, the things that the book is so far, you know, the, the main volumes, the spin-off books, the... The upcoming film, which is very exciting. Yeah. I was surprised to hear so many things moving because mm-hmm. there are a lot of movies that get announced and with a screenwriter attached and then you don't hear anything for three years and, oh, whoops, it died. Yeah. Uh, it looks like Mouse Guard is not going that path or at the very least not yet, mm-hmm. which excites me. And and he said such interesting things about the reason they, they want to do it as a, a performance capture film rather than an animated film of any style. So, like, the new Jungle Book as opposed to uh, Pixar stuff. Yeah. Or hand animation or stop animation. So, yeah, now I'm going to be a news reporter and say why that is because I thought it was so interesting. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, it, it's because of the the definition and the reality it allows you to get in things like texture and shape that as textured as, say... Uh, Sully is in Monsters U, mm-hmm. he still simple shapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's how character design works in animated films. Mm-hmm. Or if they were to do it as stop motion uh, and t- to get the sort of definition he'd love to see in, you know, fur rippling, that would be a 20-year billion-dollar project. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so, and, and also, animation... In our cultural context, but by which I think he meant not Europe or Japan, yeah, uh, is either kid stuff or gross-out humor. His examples were Madagascar and Sausage Party, mm-hmm. uh, and Mouse Guard is far from either of those. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're looking at uh, he was talking about like a wide audience mm-hmm. too, like because there's definitely exceptions to that. Of course. Like, um, um, like, the Jungle Book, aside from The Kid, is an animated movie by any definition. Yeah. But it's not sold as one, and adults went and saw it. 
Yes. And that's something that 20th Century Fox is going to care about. Yes. Oh, and there were also some really cute kids in that. There to really were. talk about how all ages it is, is when I got to the Q&A, like, it was... There were people it, it was adults. It was ad- older than us. Yeah, and then there were a couple kids. And there was this one little girl who was just so excited mm-hmm. to go up there by herself. I think she was six. <laughs> um, and ask her question on her own and and yeah she she moved the mic on her own yeah. thank you dad i can do dad it dad was like you do i'm going to lift you up and she's like no <laughs> i got it um and it was just it was it was great mm-hmm. to see and like it was so so good yeah and uh, she asked what the hardest thing for him to do is which is a simple but very good question yeah the answer is layouts do, doing the, the page layouts yeah but, we but, were talking about how much we enjoy, like, his Q&A because mm-hmm. he answers the question, but it's not just, like, here's the answer. It's It always leads into so yeah. much more. He didn't just say the layouts. He gave an explanation of what layout means and how that's distinct from composition and the actual drawing. Yeah, and he said it in a way that she could understand it, but it was also, mm-hmm. like, really interesting to everyone else, too. Yeah. David Peterson's a great storyteller. You can tell by reading Mouse Guard. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so that we we after that we went down and we took our last picture mm-hmm. of C two E two. One thing that I would point out that I'm excited for that he's making is the the video podcast he's doing. Yeah, with a creative partner of his who happens to be that friend person we, we know. mentioned that person we know <laughs> that we were in a musical with a long long time ago. <laughs> Say what? But the, the two of them were high school friends, and they collaborated on... They, they just pitched story ideas and art ideas all the time at each other. That that was their hobby. Mm-hmm. It was the core of their friendship. Yeah. And so now they're going to do a video podcast where they look at the things they did all these years ago. Yeah. And seeing what kernel of stuff is is still in there. and yeah. And looking at their development as storytellers in all of these many years after. And that's going to be called the Plot Masters. Yeah. Which is what they called themselves in high school. They're much more well-rounded and and level-headed these days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I guess that leads us to our last, like, swag thing that we got. Yeah. Swag break. Um, Okay. Wearables, jewelry, t-shirts, pins. Well, first, I'm going to go to your lanyard here. We uh, visited the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund booth, like always. History Honeys listeners, episode three. Uh New History Honeys listeners, try episode three. Yeah. So everything they have at the booth is really like a donation of the money that they take in. Mm -hmm. Um, And this time we got a really cool pin of the... the Comics Code Authority seal. Yeah. Which, as we mentioned in that episode, is now owned by the Legal Defense Fund. Yeah. And sort of a karmic haha thing. Yeah. So uh, we got that. Uh, we did get some free uh, Legend of Zelda pins that are yes. actually really nice. They're really dope. Uh, They're like... The, the Dark Horse booth was just giving things away at the end of the day today. like heavy duty. Uh, Dark Horse Comics uh, publishes the Hyrule Historia... Uh, a big Zelda art book that's fantastic. And I figure that's why they have these pins to give away. Yeah. And so, let's see. Uh, I also stopped... Um, oh, we looked up the name before and I don't remember. Krizzletron. Krizzletron. That's spelled C-R-I-Z-L-T-R-O-N. And they have uh, some fun stuff. I bought some buttons from them in the past, including uh, a Baymax one that I really liked mm-hmm. that I unfortunately, like, got caught in the rain with and it rusted. And- they... 
They look like Nendoroids, those uh, vinyl toys with the big heads. Yeah, like... The, the really poseable kind. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got another one of those for myself and my friend. And I got a... Um, a Bill Cipher. Bill Cipher and a Jack Skeleton. <laughs> uh, and so those are great. They are fun. Yes. Another stop for me every year uh, is the Sparkle Jewelry Booth. Sparkle Designs. They do custom jewelry that is mostly like quotes and things from books and movies and shows. Yeah. It's very much like pop culture stuff. Yeah. Um, and they have stuff that's like uh, quotes stamped on or uh, they'll take or like, like the, the book pages and turn it into jewelry and stuff and it's great necklaces with charms like uh, i get it yeah i have one in the past that was uh, from tangled and it had a little frying pan and it was great uh this year i got a bracelet which they actually the the quote i wanted they did not have and they are so amazing which first off anything you get there if you're like you know i really like this necklace but i don't like the chain they'll fix it for They're you. They'll change it out. Friendly. They'll... They're super customizable, happy. Yeah. So like the bracelet I wanted, I asked, they didn't have it, but they're like, you know, we, what we can do is we can make it for you. She's like, we will mail it to you. It'll be mm-hmm. the same price. We just won't charge you shipping because you're ordering it here. Look at the ones we have and be like, uh, point at the one you want the shape of, point at the one you want the font of, and uh, like, we'll, we'll do it. She spent like a good like 10 minutes with me talking about what I want it to look like, showing me how to put the bracelet on because it's like this wrap bracelet. Um, and uh, even talking me through the fact that like they're going to email me with how it looks. And uh, if I don't like it, I, they can change it. They can remake it completely before they mail it out. All for the price of just buying like what was there. And it's just so nice and amazing. It's and they're just nice. so, they're great. They're um, great. I, Which is why they're another one of our annual t- traditions. Yeah, that, that commitment to service. Well, and their their jewelry holds up really well too. Yeah. Like I've had some stuff for a few years, and it's been good. I also bought some Saga pins. Saga is a title from Image Comics that's been running for a few years to so great critical acclaim. I love it. But we got a lion cat pin and a and goose. goose. The, the little my seal two boy. Favorites. But the lion cat pin is actually two. It's actually two. He has it's the lion cat's head and then the little text blurb that says lying. Which is so great. you can pin them together or separately because they are separate. Yeah. And then uh I bought this was like a last minute purchase today because it was like these clearance on, shirts. Yeah. They're, Sunday's a good day for shopping. Um and it is a doozer construction shirt with a doozer. So, from hey. Fraggle Rock, and it's not like a, the best t-shirt ever, but I love the design, and I'm going to turn it into a nice workout shirt. Yeah. It's really fun. Well, that's your your Zumba. And I won a shirt. Yeah, you, you won a free shirt. I won a free shirt that's it like... It is one of those two things pop culture mashups, but yeah. it is Deadpool, the Chibichanga Strikes Back. Yeah, and it's also going to be a workout shirt, but it's kind of great. It was free, hey! Spin a wheel, get a free shirt. Uh, and I think that's it. I think that's all our stuff. Another huge thank you to everybody who came out and said hi. You made the show 100%. Because we had such a good time. It was so fun. It was so fun to meet people. And uh, thanks to all the people we said very positive things about, like David Hayter and Sparkle Designs and... Yeah, like... And Baby Isla. (laughs) Yes. 
Oh, Isla. And the security guard who has the hookup with the, the backstage. Yeah. It it was it was a it was a good time. It was I feel like kind of different from mm-hmm. past years. I guess because we had less people we were there with, mm-hmm. and there was a little less panels that we were so. I guess we still had panels, but it was the timing of them worked out a little better. I don't feel like we were rushing around as much. Yeah. Um. It was good though. It was, it was a good, good time. I'm really tired still. Really tired. My feet really really hurt. Really hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Don't what what were if people aren't familiar with your star butterfly costume? What was your footwear today on day three? Rain boots, big rubber rain boots. Yeah, those are more comfy than the flats I wore on Friday, but still, (laughs) they're like just giant clunky rain boots. (laughs) They're hot, they're heavy. Mm -hmm. Your feet slide a lot because they're way too big. Yeah. Uh, My poor feetsies. But we did have a good time. And of all the things we said, a C2E2 isn't without, like, crossing Brett's path without noticing or uh, getting a Katie Cook print, uh, getting a Katie Cook painting. I think recording this recap podcast is one of them, too. (laughs) Yeah, well, I said, like, going, I was like, are we going to do that? And you're like, oh, I don't know. But then that That, that... awful panel today happened, like, we need to tell the world. (laughs) We need to tell the world. We need to tell. Uh, I have a video of the final thing, too, that you should all watch. Yeah, I guess no, you should. No, should. you shouldn't watch it. But if you really want to, it is out there. I tweeted it. You can find <laughs> it. You can cringe with it. There's a moment where I just, like, lose it and I start shaking too much. So, uh, thank you very much for listening to this sort of cross... Yeah. Uh, ...over we, episode. Where we ramble a lot without much of a plan. So if you like uh, any of the shows that you heard this on and are interested in checking out the others yeah, uh, that it's either on or that I mentioned, uh, you can find Sex Archie, History Honeys, Six Feet Under, and Chip Out Ironicast at iTunes and wherever else podcasts are distributed. Stitcher. Yeah. Google Play. Y- you can find Sex Archie, History Honeys, and Six Feet Under on Twitter. Uh-huh. You can find Chip and Ironicus Let's Plays at chipandironicus.com, uh-huh. where Josh and I play video games for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> feel free to give whatever show you're listening, uh, you're listening to right now a uh, rating and review on iTunes or wherever else you're listening to it. Yeah. Maybe tell a friend. It's really weird to do this housekeeping with, with the way we're planning to upload this. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> But tell people. Mm-hmm. Be like other people who tell people and told people, like Megan's sister like, told Megan. Yes. Be like them. Be like Sydney who told Megan. Sid- They're good people. Sydney's my favorite person we didn't meet this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I'm Grant. And I'm Elena. And this has been History Sex RG. Wait, what? 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 I thought. Oh, what? Oh, I'm so confused. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Please.